Welcome to Uphill Conversations. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host, Tim Pecoraro. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello there and welcome to Uphill Conversations. I am your host, Tim Pecoraro, and I am glad that you can join me today as you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully, you're eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And my favorite part, and yes, it is true, you can be more, do more, and have more. So how are you? And I hope that uh, things are going great, as I already said to you, but I hope you had a great Thanksgiving if those of you who celebrate it. I have had some big, big turkey legs, and I love them. I'm a big turkey leg guy. The bigger, the better. And I love it when uh, everybody is so kind to save them for me, and I eat them. Eat them all to myself. I'm kind of a turkey leg snob. But had some great time with friends and family, and uh, it was wonderful, and I hope you did as well. So this is episode number 17, and uh, I have a great guest today, which I'll tell you more about here in a second. But first, um, just want to let everyone know I appreciate all of you for tuning in and thank you for the feedback I've been receiving. The feedback is very helpful for me as I am a person who believes in continuous improvement. So without feedback, it's hard to improve. I mean, I can guess on my own, but uh, for the specific audience that I want to speak to, those who want to be more, do more and have more, um, I really need that feedback so I can continue to tune in and fine tune uh, the things that I need to. But I've had some great conversations, great interviews with um, uh, my ho- my guests, and I even have a co-host episode that's coming up again with Regan Hillier. Um, for those of you, I've got a lot of feedback on that. That was great. So we're doing something together where we riff around on an idea. But also the conversations I've had with some of you about the interviews and how they've inspired you. So the man that's the best in the world, just to talk to you, all the listeners. I desire nothing more um, than uh, I don't want to just bring uh, on great guests to you, great authors, people that are just, you know, amazing people uh, who are doing great things. But I, I want to do my best to get them to share their inner workings, you know, that deeper stuff. I want to want to get off the shallow and surface things. I know a lot of us want to go build something. We want more, 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 more. Well, that starts from on the inside. And so when I have my guests on, my goal is to really get into their beliefs, their mindset and so forth. And I'm committed to bring out the deeper things Simple and or complex, whatever it is, but I want it to be fuel for you in your journey. So I really want to drive this point home as well uh, about Uphill Conversations that, you know, you may listen to an interview and you're not interested in a book or writing a book. That's okay. You may hear a musician that makes great music and you're not a musician. That's okay. You may not care about starting your own business. That's okay. So like I previously stated, it's more about the inner workings. It's the stuff in there that we all share as people um, in order for us to be more, do more, and have more, and to work on those things that are going to help us achieve and create, you know, achieve the things that we want and create the life that we ultimately want. So I really want to make that point. That's what Uphill Conversations is about. And if that's you, keep on listening. 
Um, remember to stay in touch. You can do it at Facebook. It's real simple. Go to Facebook and type in the search bar Uphill Conversations. And if you haven't already, please like the show and share the show. I post every episode there. The new ones, they go up. I will be doing more engagement there in the future. So please go like and share that. Also, you can email me directly at any time uh, at connect at uphillconversations.co. That's connect at uphillconversations.co, not .com. And also the website, real quick funny story, I messed it up. I got version 2.0, and it's not the fault of the guys uh, on the system at podcast websites. They are phenomenal. So if you're someone even interested in getting into a podcast, go to podcastwebsites.com. These guys are phenomenal. But anyways, I updated the site, so check it out. There's some new features on there. Uh, you can also find the subscribe. Go right to iTunes and subscribe. Or you can also, if you know someone that would be a great guest or you would like to be a guest on the show, there's a form there that you could submit and uh, share with me. So um, please do so. And also don't forget to rate and review the show on Stitcher.com or iTunes. Real simple in the search bar, Uphill Conversation. But enough, enough about that. Let's jump into today's guest and my guest today is Jen DeVore Richter. She is an authentic, expressive leader with bold ideas. She's an author, speaker, and coach with 20 plus years experience in marketing and business. And you know what? She is the former brand manager at the Kennedy Space Center for NASA. But she shifted all that up and made a bunch of changes, and she's doing some new things. And the big thing is I love her story and how she's made changes to her life and the work that she does for what she loves. And one of the coolest things that we talk about in here, which is pretty much the majority of the podcast are on these three things that she talks about, and that is to reinvent, re-energize, and redesign. So without any further delay, if you would, sit back, relax, and take a listen to my guest, Jen DeVore Richter. Jen, how are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much. And you are uh, uh, one of the people that had to deal with the unfortunate uh, hurricane here recently and had to do a little uh, uh, unexpected traveling. Yeah, we had a, an eventful weekend this last weekend. We had Hurricane Matthew head straight for Jacksonville, where we live and work. And we were fortunate in that we decided to evacuate. Um, before they called the mandatory evacuations. So we had clear sailing on the roads. We were able to get a hotel room over in Tampa. We just hunkered down with our teenagers and our dog and made the best of it. That's great. It, you didn't have yeah. to deal with any of that price gouging. There were so many people doing that kind of stuff. No, you know, actually my husband travels a lot for work and he has um, like a little stash of hotel points that we can use for vacationing and emergency things like this. So we were actually able to get a room and get it for free because we just turned in some unused hotel points. Well, that is always a plus. So the yeah. traveling, you may not like all the traveling, but this is when it matters and exactly. <laughs> it pays <laughs> off. It's like, thank you for traveling. <laughs> yes, it, it comes in handy sometimes. Well, Jen, I, um, what I would like you to do is um, kind of give a little bit, um, you know, there obviously there's an intro to this, but give a little bit of an introduction as to who Jen the person is. Okay, thanks. So um, basically, I would describe myself as a 
corporate dropout <laughs> turned entrepreneur. And um, I earlier in my career, I I had these thoughts in my mind that I had to follow this like perfect plan for what it means to be successful. And it's, I thought that I had to be what I call like, quote, good on paper. Right. So I went to college, check, got a master's degree, check, got my dream job at Kennedy Space Center, check, <laughs> you know, like, um, and then I eventually ended up working at a pharma company, making tons of money, check. And then I woke up one day and I hated it. And I had realized that, you know, doing this good on paper life wasn't for me. I wasn't using all of my talents to my best ability. I wasn't living with purpose. I wasn't able to spend as much time with my family and friends as I wanted to. I wasn't able to do volunteer work, et cetera. And so I basically reshifted everything in my life, got out of corporate reprioritized, got my life, um, structured around what really matters, which is your family and being able to give back to your community and being an entrepreneur for me was the way that I could make that happen. So mm. corporate dropout turned entrepreneur, but living with, you know, purpose and, um, wanting to be a, an inspiration and a, you know, contributing, um, force for in particular women in business. That's really where I feel like my calling is. And so it was that when you talked about when you were doing your corporate gig and all of that mm -hmm. other stuff and, and the purpose, so you were doing great things and great work, but the purpose part was the intentionality of being able to work more with women. Correct. And, you know, and just in particular being an entrepreneur, so I left corporate America about 12 years ago and have never looked back, truthfully. I, uh, I had a six-month moment there where I kind of you know, threw up my hands. and I was like, this is too hard. I just can't deal with this anymore. This was about five years ago. And tried to go back for a very short time. And then I got, got to, I was actually working at a TV station, got to the TV station and I'm sitting in the cubicle with the fluorescent light beaming down over my head. And I said, what have I done? Like, I've got mm. to make this work. I have got to make this entrepreneurial journey work because this is not what I intend for my life. And, and I know, and the, the women, um, aspect is really important to me because I feel like sometimes <laughs> actually not sometimes, a lot of times, girls, when we're growing up, we lack mentors in business. And we, um, it's just something that's not really usually expected of young girls, that we're coached the way, the same way that boys are into being, you know, business owners and, um, you know, being able to, to be you know, active members of, you know, a working society. It's just not something that, is generally instilled with us. So, um, that is why it's important to me because I felt like I didn't get that opportunity as a young girl to have someone really pour into me and bring out my talents and, um, you know, let me see how I could contribute my talents that way. Mm. So kind of like when you were going through, I think you said it was like six months into it, you were kind of like, Oh my gosh. And then you went back, but it was still that purpose that, you know, and really the reason why you wanted to do this entrepreneurial journey, especially with what you just said about how women as girls, you're not coached in the same way as the boys are. Um, 
was that actually a catalyst to push you right back into it again to say, wait a minute, you're going to do this thing? Yeah, I basically had to coach myself. <laughs> and, you know, because I still didn't have anyone at that time that was pushing me. I've always been very self motivated. And I wasn't, you know, I have a supportive family and supportive friends, but being an entrepreneur is different. You, it requires a different mindset. And um, you do need to find people that are like you that can help encourage and motivate and inspire you. So that's important. But it does take a lot to co- that comes from within. So when I got to when I had my lapse and I went back to corporate for six months and I'm sitting there miserable, I'm like, I, you know what, I just have to make this work. And I just found it. I just dug deep and dug in and found it to bring me back out. And that was, you know, about five years ago, I guess. And and I'm just not going back. I'm just, I'm dead set intentional on making this entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey work for me. Wow. That is so good. Um, one of the things that I love, um, that I, um, that you had on your website that I thought was really neat, um, was, you know, you work with women in business, um, to reinvent, re-energize, redesign so they can move up, make more, and thrive and thrive was one of my favorite parts, you know, cause I, my statement is what I tell people at the end of my show is you can be more, do more and have more. And, you know, it, those are all going to be defined by that individual. Um, so what I wanted to do was if you would, um, and maybe bring in, you know, some of your for yourself and for how you do this when you work with women in business, um, if we could take each one of those words and, kind of talk about that in yourself and how you actually help um, other people, other women with that, with this same thing. So on the reinvent side, um, how did you reinvent yourself? What did that mean for you? And then how do you also um, help other women with that part of reinventing? You know, reinventing is something that Uh, you know, you know how when you have these moments in your life where you realize that everything that you've gone through, even in your childhood, was on purpose and intentional and, you know, part of God's plan for you, and that it teaches you something. So my dad was in the military when I was growing up. I was actually born in England and lived overseas until I was about nine. And then when I moved to the States, I quickly realized how different I was being an American born foreigner, basically. Um, And, and that was sort of my first taste of what it means to reinvent yourself. Um, So I had come from this foreign land living in Europe, and had to adjust and had to, I had to fit in not because I think, you know, fit in is fitting in is important and I'm not in a popularity contest by any means, but you do need to know how to, you know, adjust, find your people and let your talents be shown. So I got really good at reinventing myself at a very young age. And I look back on that experience and felt like those lessons that I learned were important to me moving from being in corporate America and, and working these jobs that weren't necessarily fulfilling on every level and moving into the entrepreneurial space. And so I help women, I work with women as a mentor and as a coach, 
sometimes just as a cheerleader, just as your friend, or as your uh, business advisor and marketing consultant to reinvent themselves. And so if you are at a place in your career that you're not happy with, then we will together set a plan to get you to where you want to go. Or if you're already in business, but your business isn't, your business model isn't working for you, I would work with you to um, reinvent your business model to where it does work for you. Mm. So that's the reinvention part. Right. And how much of that for a person, because I'm a big mindset person and I know a lot of people are afraid to challenge what they believe. Do you run into that a lot with um, some of your clients or women that you work with that, you know, because, you know, change is not easy. Um, however, change is absolutely necessary. And in a lot of times we have so many just stinking beliefs or beliefs that have held us back. Um, how much does belief do you feel play in the reinvention process and how do you help women with that belief and even challenging it? I mean, you're right. Limiting beliefs is a, is a big roadblock to being able to reinvent yourself and get the life that you really want and make the career that you really want. And so sometimes it's just as simple as creating action plans that are manageable, like baby steps. You do have to be fully committed. You do have to have the drive to want to make it work. Um, you know, I, you just basically can't have a backup plan because if you have a backup plan, you're going to fall back, I think. So if you're fully committed you can take baby steps and create action plans that will move you closer to your goal through time. And I think that is one way that you, I, I help women in business overcome these limiting beliefs. It's scary. You know, sometimes it's scary to leave the comfort of a, a stable corporate nine to five job, even if you're miserable the entire time. But if you're working every day, taking action and just moving yourself closer to your goal, that's one way that you can, over time, build up the confidence to get you out of that mindset. Mm. Do you do you run into situations where, um, you know, I have conversations, um, because I do a lot of coaching, and I have conversations with uh, folks, and one of their big things is they run into that obstacle of, gosh, but you know, I'm 40 or I'm, you know, I'm 38 now or I'm 50. Um, do you see that a lot? Do you see that people, um, have a hard time with reinvention? Um, they feel like they kind of missed the boat. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right there. It, it, it happens on every level. I actually have younger women that I mentor that are, um, deciding they're at the early phase of their career and they're deciding if they're going to go this, what I call the safe route and go work for someone else, or if they're going to go on the entrepreneurial journey. Um, so I see it there. I see it with, with younger women in business. And then I also see it with women that maybe are further along like me in their forties and fifties. And it happens along every age. Um, so, you know, it even happened to me. Like I said, I admitted, you know, five years ago, I had a moment, I, I got scared for a second and I jumped back out. But, you know, quickly realize, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit. And I jumped back in with both feet. So it happens. It's it's a natural human emotion and reaction, I think. When you reinvent yourself, like in your case, you made a shift, you made a change, you did that reinvention process, but you're, you're always evolving. You're always changing. Um, 
do you recommend or you do you tell people to just get comfortable knowing that there is always let me just use put it this way it's like madonna she was like the master of reinvention i mean you look at people like that and how they can still stay relevant somehow um do you encourage folks to learn to always be willing and ready to reinvent i think it's you know Yes, it's like always be willing to learn and grow. I'm a student of life. I love learning stuff all the time. Just even things that I think might not benefit me in my job or in my career, like but just learning and experiencing and growing as a person to me is the most important thing. And if you feel like you're in a place in your life where you're stuck and you're not happy, you're not fulfilled on every level and you're not surrounding yourself with people that are uplifting you, then something needs to change. If you are at the point in your life where everything's fantastic and you're very happy and fulfilled and have a lot of joy, then maybe you don't need to change right now. But as long as you're learning and growing, I think that's the most important thing. Mm. So true. So true. Well, let's move on to, um, re-energize that Mm -hmm. that is intriguing to me because a lot of people you know they don't take time to refuel um once again with uphill conversations i try to say to people you know i'm not a cyclist so um you know one of the funny things i uh i share is that when we were kids i grew up in connecticut and there's a lot of hills and we would um borrow bikes that didn't belong to us. Uh, it's a nicer way of saying we would steal them for a week and then we would, we would return them. (laughs) So, but riding up a hill, no gears, all that stuff. And, and just knowing, you know, to take breaks. I mean, it's, it's a task, you know, going up and there are techniques that you have to use, but that re-energizing process, how, how do you re-energize yourself? Well, I'm, I am a woman of faith. And so for me, my relationship with God is the primary thing that re-energizes me. <laughs> That's just what fuels my soul and fuels my spirit and surrounding me with people that also do that, that uplift me and encourage me and are just positive influences in my life. So those, those are the, the main ways that I personally re-energize. Um, I also just really love being creative and, you know, I do painting, I hold painting classes with my neighbors and my friends and my church group. And so those types of things are really fun because you're, I'm able to express myself creatively without having, um, work, you know, constrictions around it or anything like that. So basically, you know, my faith surrounding myself with great, great people and expressing myself creatively are the ways that I re-energize. Do you find that it's difficult f- for people to understand that? Um, you know, uh, an empty pot is an empty pot, you know, and you can only give so much. Do you, do you see people struggle with, you know, they want, you know, cause sometimes I feel like a lot of the, um, we don't see a lot of the impacts or outcomes that we desire. It's not because we're doing the wrong things. It's because we're doing it from an empty tank. Do you run into that a lot with the women that you coach and mentor? And, and if so, what do you do to help them? What do you encourage them to do? So there's a couple different ways to look at this. Um, we can look at it from re-energizing yourself and then re-energizing your business. 
So re-energizing yourself, I just, you know, I just shared with you the examples, the ways that I re-energize myself. But I also think that's, you know, that's a personal decision. I happen to be an introvert. I'm very social. Well, I can't tell you're communicating really well. <laughs> but, but that's the that's the misnomer is that being an introvert means that you don't enjoy being around people, which isn't true. Being an right. introvert means how do you recharge yourself? For me, I mm. recharge generally by having some peace, having some downtime, having some quiet time, mm. you know, doing some reading. It doesn't have to be a very active um, you don't activity. need people, right? Yeah, no, and this drives my husband crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just, well, it's funny because I do the same thing in my house. People think something's wrong with me because I'm quiet. And even though I'm an extrovert, I like that time away and I'll read or I'll just sit there and I'm not saying anything and they're going, are you all right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm perfectly fine. I just need some downtime. I call it my downtime, you know? Right, right. <laughs> But then I think that, so there's that, but then I also think that there's re-energizing your business. Right. And this is important for entrepreneurs to keep doing. Really, I think that having, setting bigger goals, um, big things that really push you, that's a great way to re-energize your business. So um, thinking, we call it your, you know, you have your bold vision of where you're trying to go, but what are these things, what are these goals that you can set for yourself that are actually almost a little bit scary? <laughs> right. Because that, let me tell you, that can light a fire under you too. Right. And, and I think what that does is it breaks them away from the, you know, the tyranny of the monotony, you know, that kind of, you know, everything being, you know, cause a lot of times what happens is you know, all that repetition or just doing that kind of no brainer work, nothing's really stimulating you. Um, you don't feel like there's any demand on, on you at all, you know, you can, and you can end up being comfortable and then nothing grows in, in comfort. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so I just think that that's important too. So just really push yourself. Don't get comfortable. Don't just focus on, like you said, just the, the day to day, and the, you know, the mundane of it, just, you know, really get excited and, um, see what you can do to encourage yourself and push yourself outside of your, your normal limit. Right. And I guess the more you do that, your goals have to get bigger and scarier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and sometimes they might take a while. Like, yeah. You know, we just published our, our book in April and we, we had set the goal about Oh gosh, it's almost been four years ago, three or four years ago. And we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to write a book. And at first we were super scared about it. We were, oh my gosh, we just thought this is going to be such an undertaking, but it really fueled us. It really re-energized our business. We were focused on not just, you know, the day-to-day work of checking QuickBooks and updating our website and doing client work and things like that. We were really focused on this really cool project that was going to bring a whole new level of excitement for us. So something like that, writing a book or deciding to launch a podcast like you've done or something that's really, really going to be fun for you. Wow. That's great. And, um, there's a, uh, group of, um, ladies that I actually coach together and, Mm -hmm. um, they are all their own independent, um, agents with a business. And one of the things that I've, you know, encouraged them to do is exactly what you said is, you know, you, you found a project that your whole team could work on collectively and the value that brings through collaboration. Um, it pulls away all of the, uh, just the silos that you can all end up in. And, 
and you're able to come together and, you know, cause you know, we can accomplish, you know, one is too small of a number to do anything that's going to be significant or to me extraordinary. And, and so I love that. What you said is that your book, which I, you know, I do have that on my list to talk about, which is amplify your business that you guys put that time into it and what that did to re-energize you that, I mean, that's really good. And it's a big goal and you actually accomplished it. And I bet if I'm not, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what did that do for you after you accomplished the book? And then you went back into your daily work. We actually changed everything. So um, my business partners, Manny Torres and Kenny Harper and I, we started the agency, uh, gosh, about, you know, four, almost five years ago. And we had a, we had a vision of what we wanted the agency to be. We wanted to work with what we call rock star professionals, people that are really doing amazing things in their business. And um, we truthfully got distracted by some easy money that was coming our way. And we were taking on projects and working with clients that weren't a great fit for us. And um, so we were kind of losing the love for our business. We were just, you know, we kind of got distracted and just felt like we were more focused on keeping the bills paid than keeping, you know, our cups filled up, so to speak. And so when we decided that we were going to really be focused on the book, get serious about it and publish it, that changed everything for us. It was basically like a wake up call because we realized that the feedback, number one, that we got from people that read the book was fantastic. And that really started to fill us back up. And number two, the opportunities that it opened up for us have been amazing just with speaking and being able to um, meet, you know, people like yourself that are thought leaders and have platforms and connecting with people that are doing amazing things. Um, so that was, that was great. And it's just, it's just opened everything up. This mm. the writing of the book. Um, it really also because all three of us worked on it together, it really helped us get on the same, get on the same page onto, to what it is we do and wow. how we do it. Like getting your proven process right. written down in, you know, cause you know what your process is because you just do it. You just show up at work and you just do it. And we've been in working and marketing for over 20 years, each one of us. So we know we, we just kind of, were like on autopilot, just doing stuff and, writing the book helped us um, solidify what our approach was. It gave us a found a really solid foundation for our brand and, you know, where we're trying to go. Wow. This, that's a perfect segue because, you know, you, you know, you work with women in business to reinvent, re-energize and redesign. So your big goal uh -huh. actually helped you move into a, a redesign. Yeah. Yeah. So our agency model changed and now we're less, um, focused on creative services while we do provide, you know, like we do branding and website design, et cetera. We do creative services, but having the book help us redesign our business model completely mm -hmm. so that now we're getting paid more for what we know and not just what we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a better thing, isn't it? This is like the holy grail of being an entrepreneur, because if you don't make that shift, you are going to get stuck back on the, you know, trading time for money trap, which so many of us fall into. And then 
you're working in your business and not on your business. And then you're real, you're going, what is the point of all of this? I could make more money working for someone else in a corporation because I'm just, you're limiting yourself on, you know, the amount of people that you can help and the amount of impact you can make and also the amount of money that you can earn. So, um, the book was integral in helping us redesign our business model. So we do that with our clients. Well, that's great. And, and what's, you know, and I know that, you know, I wanted to definitely, uh, especially for the women in, in my audience, um, that re-energizing, as you said, and setting a big goal, cause you gave that one as a really, you know, that was like a centerpiece and which that big goal for you writing that book with your partners gives you that redesign and a lot of people. So they've done the reinvention now they may be at that re-energize point and then through setting a big goal, they get to move into this redesign. Um, you know, what are the takeaways? Like obviously writing the book, that was the action, but what went into that, that the different actions that you took, what did you discover that helped you with that redesign? Okay. So the, the actions that we took, number one, were to start documenting your story and to start documenting your approach. This, this is the key to writing, I think any business book or or it could be any book. Um, so your stories are the most important, the, the, who you are and being able to communicate it in an interesting way through storytelling. So just start as an action, just start banking those stories away. Even if you don't know what you're going to do with them right away, just start creating a bank. And then documenting your approach, your proven process will help you when you get to the point where you're outlining the book, because that's what the meat of it is. And so I'm referencing writing books for business, right? So um, that would be, those would be the two main actions um, in, in book publishing, documenting stories and writing out your proven approach. Okay. And so for say... Um, say there's a woman that, uh, you know, she sells for, um, I don't know, say a Mary Kay or something like that. And she just keeps running into walls and she's, she still wants to do it. She kind of, she's her own independent person. So then she says, Hey, you know what? I think I can, you know, do my own brand of this. And she decides to step out. She reinvents herself. She re-energizes, you know, she sets some big goals with it. Um, wouldn't that still apply to her that as she's going along that she needs to document that story and her approach because that will be a part of the, her current design, but also, you know, she can use her historical information for what she was doing, but now with what she's currently doing, moving all of that forward, seeing what works, but then she'll always have to continue on in that process. Wouldn't that still apply to that too? It doesn't have to be a book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's just so when you're when you're building a business or you're building your personal brand, the important thing is not to attach it to products and services. So the that person in particular, as an example, she needs to look at what what her story is in who she's trying to work with and what she's trying to help them get. And the product and the service that she provides to them is kind of irrelevant because it, it could change through time. But if she has a good foundation for, um, for her stories and, and what it is she's ultimately trying to do with her career. So is she trying to help women increase their self-esteem 
and she happens to sell cosmetics. Mm. Uh, so if the if you get to the root of why she's doing it, then that helps her develop her stories and develop her proven approach. So um, does that make any sense? It's oh, like it's yeah. so it's so much about the cosmetics or the products or the services. It's about the the bigger overall why is she in business and what is she trying to help them her customers do. Wow, that's that's a great answer. Um, okay, great. What what do you what do you do to invest in yourself? Oh man, number one, join. I've joined national associations, professional associations, with people that are um, doing greater things than I am doing, so that I can learn from them and be inspired by them. So, like one of the associations I'm a member of is the National Speakers Association. So that was a that's a big investment. Um, and I've also committed to attending the national conferences that they have. I just went to the one in Phoenix over the summer and I'm planning to go to the next one in Orlando. So I think investing in yourself in terms of professional associations and education, that is key. Let me ask you this about potential. Um, a lot of people, you know, they view like, oh, if I could, you know, if I could get over here with, and do this, I could potentially make and I try to tell people that you're the potential. That's the opportunity. Do you run into or do you see a lot of people that struggle with understanding that, their belief about their potential um, and view it as something that's like apart from them as opposed to it's a part of them? Yeah. I mean, wow, that's, Timothy, that's a pretty cool way of looking at it because um, they're while there are some outside factors that are going to impact your ability to, you know, to be successful really at the end of the day, it all comes from within you. And so just doing a really good, um, like analysis of where your talents are and where your weaknesses are maybe so that you can, um, de continue to develop your talents and continue to develop your weaknesses I think that really the, just having an understanding of where you are and what you need to grow and what you need to cultivate can help you reach your potential. And then if there are external factors that are prohibiting you and limiting your potential, then you need to know what those are too, just realistically and, and figure out how to either work around them or bust through them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but don't avoid them and run from them. <laughs> no, you have to be realistic and know, you know, what they are, what are we dealing with? And then what's your plan for getting around it? <laughs> right. Well, let me ask you this. When it comes to momentum, these are some of my favorite questions I like to ask my guests. Okay. Momentum is not easy to create and, um, and it does not come looking for you. I'm a big leadership person and, um, um, momentum is the great exaggerator for a leader. It makes a leader look good. Equally so, the lack of it is a great exaggerator where that person leading or doing whatever they're doing does not look good. What are some of the things that you do to jumpstart your momentum? Um, so here's a little tip. Monday mornings, when we get to work, we start our production meeting with a positive fix. So everyone, go, we go around the staff meeting and everyone has to say something positive that happened to them over the weekend. And that gets you in the right mindset. And so if you start off on a positive, positive approach, it develops into a mindset 
and then it turns into action. And I think that's mm. important for creating momentum. And sometimes, you know, on Monday morning, you're just um, driving here. I just did a 20 minute commute or whatever with crazy traffic. And I'm haven't had a cup of coffee yet. (laughs) The elixir of the gods. And, you know, and I'm just not feeling the momentum. But you can do things. You can just put things into your routine to just help jumpstart it. That's great. So start with positive things to basically align your mindset uh, towards whatever it is you have to do. Yeah. And verbalize them. Like, say oh, them wow. Out. Yeah. So we say them out loud to each other. And, um, and that I think is important because then the energy just starts to flow around the room and through each other. Wow. Wow. Well, let me ask you, um, in what part of your entrepreneurial journey, and I know you're still doing it like we all are. I tell people it'll never end retirement. Um, I'm a believer as well. And, I don't see anything biblically uh, that tells me about retirement. <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of those things that, you know, if I'm breathing, I'm doing something. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, in, in all of the work and all of the things you've done from your corporate, even where you are in your entrepreneurial space now and you've stepped out and, you know, can you tell of a time when you felt like, wow, all of this stuff, all of my efforts, all the things I've been doing, it's clicking do you know of a time when that has happened for you where you felt like all this stuff has come together <laughs> and it started to click? Okay, so this is interesting. So recently this year I was I was truthfully kind of struggling with um with combining my faith life with my business life. I had been keeping them very separate from each other. And I was working with my coach and my mentor because coaches even have coaches, right? Right. And I was, I was working with my coach and mentor and she said to me, she said, I don't understand why you're keeping these parts of your life set, your life separate from each other. And I had mentioned to her, I said, you know, one day when I maybe am uh, retired from business, I would love to just focus on women's ministry. And she said, I don't understand why you need to, you feel the need to live your life with this in the future. I'm going to do this. Why can't you just show up now and show up to work with your true authentic self, every part of your life, not just your business life, because you're a complete person and your faith is one of those things. And so with her encouragement, I decided to basically step out in my faith at work. People know that I'm a Christian. I'm not, I'm not here to like evangelize people and like beat you over the head with my love for Jesus or anything like that. But I don't hide the fact, which I felt like I was hiding it previously. Mm. And, um, so recently we had a workshop. We hosted a workshop here in Jacksonville for small business owners. And my partners and I did a joint workshop and it was on personal branding. And after I did my part of the segment, um, I was sort of at the beginning of the workshop, uh, a lady stood up that was in the audience and she said that by me sharing what I had shared with her, she felt like it was uh, meant to be that she was in that room. Okay. Mm. And so I thought that was cool. And then at the end of the workshop, I'm standing in the back of the room, we're selling books and stuff. And she comes over to me and she's literally crying tears down her face. And she said, and she's she gives me a hug and she says, I just want you to know that 
I'm so encouraged by not only the expertise that you've given us here today, you know, the here's what to do to grow your business, but the fact that you're showing up with, you know, your true, your true self is, is helping me while while I'm watching you do it and it's helping me do it. And she literally was in tears. And I felt like at that moment, while I'm giving her a hug in the back of the room and she's crying, that this was it. That was my moment. Everything is coming together in my life and I'm, I'm not only living my, the career that I want to have, but I'm also just being able to show up with who I truly am in every aspect of my life. So that is so just a pivotal moment for me. Wow. That is, that is a wonderful story. And what I love about it is, you know, um, a lot of the way I coach people is I, you know, I tell them they're working on building their business and I say, Hey, you know what? You need to be growing yourself as you build the business. And because it's the person that goes into that, you know, it's, it's Tim, the man who is the father, who is the husband, who is the son, who is the friend, who is the business owner. And I, I don't have to be different people. And, and that's a relief. Um, I'm sure as you just stated how, ah, just that, ah, moment (laughs) where you say, you know what, it's not like you have, it's almost like you have two lives. You're just sitting there going, wait a second, I want to do this and I want to do this. Or one's got to be on hold while I do the other. And, um, I, I just think that's very encouraging what you just said. My longtime mentor, John Maxwell, he was writing all of his books and he was writing them for pastors. And then when the publishers came to him, they said to him, hey, John, uh, we want to show you something interesting. Uh, he goes, what? He goes, well, it's not. He goes, are my book sales bad? And he goes, no, no, it's great. But here's the problem. Pastors aren't the ones buying your books. <laughs> <laughs> it's business leaders that are buying the books. And so he went to some people and said, hey, look, you know, the story is that he said uh, to some of the people that supported him, some of his ministry stuff and said, hey, look, I'm going to put my focus over here. And they were like, oh, and he had one guy that said, I'm not going to be supporting you anymore because you're leaving the church. And that bothered him. And he's like, wait a second. No, I'm not. I'm able to serve better. And the evidence is what I was not even aware of, that I can be both. And so that's what he's done for the past 40 years is done leadership and, um, you know, he doesn't hide his faith, but it was such a relief for him to realize that these principles are relevant. What I'm teaching is relevant and I get to just be who I am. So that is wonderful. Jen, you know how many people don't even have that peace and confidence to not just be their, be themselves. And it's powerful. Your story yeah. is powerful. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's just, it's refreshing to, you know, to be able to show up at work and not be living for the weekend, you know, where Uh, I can see myself. It's just, I'm, I'm who I am and I can love on people and I can love God and I can do it all the time. Not just, you know, in private or with my church family. It's that's right. I am. That's right. Well, let me ask you this. What keeps you from quitting? And I know a lot of entrepreneurs. And I know that once again, I really want to get, you know, from, from you, not, I would ask anyone this question, but because I really want, you know, wanted to speak with you as, as it relates to the fact that you have a passion uh, to work with women, what keeps you from quitting? All right. So there's a little bit of a fear of failure, (laughs) if I'm going to be brutally honest. (laughs) (laughs) I've just, I've invested so much, you know, it's you, when you're a business owner, you really pour every ounce of your being (laughs) into your business. And 
I am just now starting to see the fruits and just now starting to see what the ultimate vision, the bold vision that I had for it was. And so I'm, I refuse to quit. I refuse to fail. And, you know, for me, success doesn't mean like that I have to make $4 million and drive a fancy car. I drive a Hyundai. You know what I mean? It's not about that for me. It's, um, about, you know, creating a business and creating a life that I love and that is, you know, able to serve other people and, um, it serves as an inspiration to others. That's what being successful means to me. And so I just don't want that to fail. I just don't, I just don't want to quit. Mm, That's so good. There is uh, something that I believe I saw in one of your videos that you had posted. I love what you said, and it's very succinct and didn't know if uh, you would even just as a point of encouragement, talk about this a little bit more, but you, you said that you hated good on paper Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and that you wanted to build an, an image of influence Mm -hmm. and have an authentic experience expressive person with bold Mm -hmm. ideas. Yeah. And I was like, that is so rich. What talk more about that? Like, like how did you get to that? And you know, in that point in your life and, and how can you encourage people listening? Doesn't matter who they are with those ideas. So I think good on paper might actually be the name of my next book, (laughs) right? Because I'm coming up as a theme a lot, but yeah, so it's, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, this story about where I was when I was early in my career and doing everything good on paper, like, you know, checking all these things that I thought were going to give me the life that I wanted and quickly realized that it wasn't about that. Um, that if you want to be an inspiration to others, you have to have a platform. You, you have to have this, the systems, you have to have the tools and you have to have the brand and you have to have the message all set up, which is this building an image of influence, you know, building your influence so that your message can be heard without the influence, without the platform, your message doesn't get spread. And it's, you know, more difficult to be an encouragement to many people. So that's basically what that means is not just looking at, um, what am I doing? What boxes am I checking that are going to make other people <laughs> think that I'm being successful or whatever? But how, how do I build my platform so that my message is heard, so that I can be an encouragement, so that I can be, um, you know, able to help women in particular in their business be successful? And that to me is what influence means and in building building your platform. And on your book, Amplify Your Business. Um, yeah basically what got you to write that book? Like what, what was it that said, Hey, we need to write this book. Basically it was clients coming to us that they thought that they wanted to hire a marketing agency, but they had not done some basic things in their business that were going to get them a great marketing return on investment. Um, so the book, it was an answer to the questions that they were asking us and were and questions that we were asking them. So they would, they would come to us for marketing advice and we'd say, well, what is it ultimately that you're trying to do with your business? You know, what is this bold vision that you have? And then how are you going to do that? And what is it about you that makes you different? Um, because, you know, marketing should be genuine and authentic. 
and not just made up by marketers, right? It has to come from the business owner. We just help translate it and communicate it to an audience, but it has to be genuine and true. And so business owners didn't have these, these issues worked out. They didn't really know where they were going, how they were going to get there and why they were doing it, which is the first chapter of our book. And then the second thing was um, they didn't understand their core uh, difference, like what makes them unique? Why would someone want to come to you versus your competition and, and helping them identify what their story is? And so that is chapter two in the book. And then chapter three is on marketing planning and making good marketing decisions. I saw a lot of clients um, that were coming to me and they were making marketing decisions based on truthfully, like which sales rep they liked the best <laughs> mm-hmm. and not on if it was really part of this overall plan that was going to help them accomplish a goal. Right. So we wrote the, the chapter three is about uh, uh, smart marketing planning and how to make strategic decisions um, based on a plan and, you know, how you can um, balance your time and money. So that was basically, it was an answer to questions and it was trying to solve this problem that we saw with, um, with business owners. Great. And now where can, um, my listeners find your book? Our book is available on amazon.com. Okay. It's called amplify your business. And you could also get it on our website at uh, rockmyimage.com. Okay. And where would you send my listeners to engage uh, more about you and your content? You can go to my personal website at jendevore.rocks. So it's not a .com. It's a .rocks at the end. Jen, J-E-N-D-E-V as in Victor, O-R-E dot rocks. Well, I have really enjoyed speaking with you and... um I mean, you you added definite value, and I believe that the listeners are going to enjoy it. And I'm going to obviously encourage people to see all the things that you're doing, um, and to uh, you know just to tap into your world. And thank you, Timothy. Uh, you've been you've been an excellent guest. And so this has been another episode of Uphill Conversation. And remember that you can be more, do more, and have more. Always remember that everything worth having is uphill and you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. But most importantly, people like myself and Jen will see you on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you would like to hear more, subscribe to the show. Go to uphillconversations.co. Later on, Ski.